Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Weekly Wrap-Up, where we are talking about this week's episode of Dynamite and this week's episode of Rampage. We're going to get into an awesome opening match, some Owen Hart tournament qualifiers, Britt Baker, DMD, she's back, Hook, uh, weird but kind of awesome main event on Dynamite, and so much more, including New Japan Super Show. So much to get into, guys, and we are going to talk about all of it right after this. I will give you cowboy Now, Under Rosa, fire thunder driver in the thumbtacks! I am the devil himself! Oh, safe, the These days, all I drink is blood! Alright guys, I hope you've all had a wonderful week as always, and like I said, so much to get into, so we're not going to waste any time. I'm going to give a quick plug for 99 cents a month on Patreon, that's pretty awesome, all these shows ad-free, as well as you can subscribe on iTunes to also get the same deal and some exclusive shows on top of that. So, if you're not a part of the WWE Podcast family already, I don't know what you're waiting for. So many perks, such a good thing to be a part of, and uh, I recommend it. So, all right, let's get into it, guys, because there was so much to talk about. We had Coffin Match, Darby Allen versus Andrade on Dynamite, Wardlow versus The Butcher, and all of the developments with that whole feud between MJF and himself. The opening match with CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes. A men's upset, I think, uh at least what I thought, an upset on the uh, Owen Hart for, found, excuse me, Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier Match between Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly. We had the uh, announcement from Tony Khan, Hook's Dynamite debut, uh, and Danielle Camilla versus Britt Baker all on Dynamite. And then also on Rampage, we had, obviously, Adam Cole versus Ishii. We had Lance Archer versus Serpentico, Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia, the rematch, and the main event, Jade Cargill versus Maria Shafir, the scrappy main event, I should say. So we have a whole lot to get into, guys, and uh, I think I'm going to start with the opening match on Dynamite, because where where better to start? So I've heard some, or I've seen some, let me put it this way, let me keep it on me. I had some mixed opinions on this match, because when I watched it at first, I was kind of like... I thought there was a little, like, it was a little slow at points and then here and there. And then the match started to build. And I got it. This is like your old-fashioned, old-school, old-schools professional wrestling match. This was not your high-flying Dante Martin kind of move stuff. I mean, they had, yeah, they had one, I think, uh, Code Red, which looked very terrifying, honestly, to me. But these guys wrestled your typical I mean CM Punk played the heel in this match obviously which is baffling that is that shows you how much Dustin Rhodes is really just the natural at being a a baby face and having those comeback spots but CM Punk CM Punk excuse me playing the heel in this match I thought was awesome uh we knew that obviously CM Punk was going to win but there were a couple near falls on there with the crossroads I think was one of them uh, it was nice to get the Ring of Honor. I guess it just happens everywhere else, too, sometimes. But the uh, handshake between the respect between the two of them and the ending of the match where they embraced each other. I got emotional, guys, and, and I don't know, call me a weirdo, but, like, it's just nice to see two older guys who have been doing this for how long just embrace and, like, share a love for professional wrestling. Uh, so I thought that was really awesome. Uh, the main point in this match was obviously working the knee, uh, Cody Rhodes, not Cody Rhodes, excuse me, Dustin Rhodes jumped over, uh, CM Punk at one point who ducked out of the way and, uh, he injured his knee, tweaked his knee, and that was pretty much the story of the match where, um, 
We kind of got some major heat on CM Punk throughout it while CM Punk worked the leg. Because nobody wants to see you work an old man's leg. Like, don't, don't. That's a really weird sentence, and I never thought I would say that. But nobody wants to see uh, Dustin Rhodes get his leg worked over like that. However, I thought the match altogether with the snap power slam near fall was even better. I had, uh, I, I, I bought into it for a minute there, and I was like, are they going all the way here with Dustin Rhodes? And if they did, I, I don't know if I'd, I definitely don't think he should have gotten a win over CM Punk, but uh, not that he did here, obviously, but... I definitely think uh, I think that he's got one more TNT title run in him or something like that because Dustin Rhodes is as, as true and as cheesy as it is, he is the natural. But And like I said, I talked about the post-match embrace between the two of them. And then we got the, I don't even want to call it a tease because it was pretty straight up. We got Hangman Page coming out, looking in the eyes of CM Punk, and we know where we are going to at double or nothing. We are definitely getting Hangman Adam Page, the AEW World Champion, versus CM Punk. And, uh, and guys, I can't call it. I'll tell you who I want to win, and that's CM Punk. As much as I love Adam Page, CM Punk's my favorite of all time. And, uh, and I think it'd be really interesting to see him hold the belt. And I really think he deserves to win the big one somewhere in his career. Um... So, yeah, I think I'd really, really like that. I think Double or Nothing is obviously one of their bigger shows, so uh, I would I would be all for that. All right, up next, let's go to the opening match of Rampage because that's fresh in my mind right now, and that was Adam Cole versus Ishii. Uh, yeah, I heard some good rumblings coming from this match. You know how you see, not spoilers, but just, like, quality spoilers before the actual show, and... And I would say these guys were in the hardest spot and the hardest slot of the night. I think it's always smart to put Adam Cole in that slot because he's such a fan favorite. But they were in the hardest slot of the night, and so the crowd definitely got up to it. And similar to the main event, excuse me, similar to the opening match on Dynamite, I thought that the crowd worked its way into the match as the match started to progress. But this was a good one, and I really did. I really enjoyed this as well. I thought um, Ishii still looks like uh, he kind of looks a lot like Samoa Joe to me ring wise at least and ring style wise where he's I almost think he's almost more of a spring chicken than Samoa Joe is with some of the in, the enziguri he did and everything else I thought uh Ishii looked really good and it was good to see him back I know we've gotten to see him once before in in AEW if I remember correctly so we all knew who was going to win this match though and more low blows from Adam Cole though it was nice to see Jay White Obviously, that's a perfect transition. Let's talk about it guys. Let's talk about the big announcement that was the New Japan show. Uh, obviously the, excuse me, I keep calling it the New Japan Show, the, um, collaboration between AEW and the New Japan Show. I'm looking forward to this. I think I've been very candid on this show before about not necessarily knowing a lot about New Japan, honestly, and I wish I did know more, but I just kind of have not had enough time to watch that much professional wrestling, and, and honestly, guys, for the longest time, I didn't know there was a lot outside of WWE. I knew there were indies and stuff like that, but I didn't know how much was really out there, and so I think that, uh, Tony Khan coming out and and really letting Adam Cole and Jay White make the announcement rather than himself was smart. We don't need another nine days situation uh, as much as Tony Khan is great. I don't know what happens to that guy. The minute he gets on the microphone to do a promo, he becomes this guy and he starts to speak in his voice like this and he needs to yell into the microphone and it's just not good. It's really not good. Uh, however, the willingness to work with, um, uh, obviously New Japan, I think is going to be really interesting and it really just benefits us at the end of the day. Uh, I don't have a lot of dream matches for you guys, but the only one I could really tell you is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Brian Danielson. 
uh, would be uh, probably my dream match for this card. I don't know what we're going to get, obviously, but I'm looking forward to it. And I think that, yeah, I think that this is only good for the pro wrestling world. This is only going to benefit us, guys. So if there's any discourse about whether or not this is a big enough announcement or whatever, you know, fuck off. Like, really, this is exciting stuff, and I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, it is only a good thing for the professional wrestling world and us as fans. Us as fans get to uh, benefit from all of this. So uh, after that announcement, we had Wardlow versus The Butcher. And this is something I really wanted to cover on this show because this is still red hot, you guys. Uh, obviously, MJF announces that Wardlow is not going to come out from uh, with any music after we have The Butcher's en- excuse me entrance. He's up in the skybox eating... Uh, eating popcorn with uh, Sean Spears, just wonderful touch, and like throwing popcorn down on the fans below, just MJF is so good at what he does, Uh, Wardlow and uh, the Butcher was exactly what you thought it would be, it was big beefy men slapping meat, Uh, really uh, not much more to say than that, and it was short, and I think these guys could have had a bigger match and a better match if they had more time, but this was exactly what it needed to be, it was more just another stepping stone on this angle that is MJF and Wardlow, so Obviously, Wardlow getting over and winning with the Powerbomb Symphony. That move is so over. People really, really love it. I, I Funny, to me, it doesn't... I don't... I don't know this, like, it doesn't... It's not that special to me, though. However, I, I do want to see Wardlow live. Like, I want to go and see Wardlow wrestle in person. So whatever this is doing, it's working. I think who's ever writing this stuff, which I have a feeling MJF is playing a huge part in it. And maybe Wardlow, too. Uh, I think is a genius, is, excuse me, is an absolute genius, because they're covering all the little details, like, when Wardlow came in and had to be stopped by security and handcuffed, and, and he's like, somebody get my bag, uh, oink, oink, bitch was another great line, uh, from Wardlow himself, so I really, uh, I'm really, this is probably my favorite storyline going on right now, besides maybe the CM Punk Hangman page one, but that's not really a storyline yet, so, uh, four straight power bombs though, the size of Butcher, as to the size of a man named, of a man named, to this, to, four straight power bombs, guys, to a guy named the Butcher, I can't even get the words out, because I can't, it's so unbelievable, I thought that was really great, so, uh, let's keep just going on down the line here, because we had the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier, Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly, and you guys, this was the surprising one for me, I think, out of match quality, and who won, I was not expecting either of these two things, it's, I have seen that this has been divisive. There were, there were. This is awesome chance, which felt really forced to me. I, I think Jungle Boy really. This was not like one of his worst outings yet. Uh, really, you guys know I would, I would go ham on Kyle O'Reilly. You guys know I am not a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly. He just does not do it for me. But I actually think he wrestled the better match here. I think it was really Jungle Boy who wasn't um, selling much of the moves that Kyle O'Reilly was doing. The story they were telling on commentary really had nothing to do with what was going on in the ring. So I think this one kind of failed. Uh, Failed in my books at least. All right. Hook's debut. We had Hook versus... Uh, I'm, I'm almost forgetting his name now because I was, I just want to talk about the, uh, Danhausen thing. Anthony Henry. Hook versus, uh, Anthony Henry. This was pretty quick. Uh, obviously he takes him down with the red rum. Uh, and then Danhausen, uh, after the match is furious and he officially challenges Hook into a match if he says, if I can't curse you, you have to fight Danhausen. 
Uh, and guys, I you know what? I take it back. I said that my uh, favorite storyline was whatever was going on. No, this is my favorite storyline. Sorry, MJF and Wardlow. Hook and Danhausen. And then on Rampage, we heard Hook speak for like the first time, I think. I could be wrong about that. But he said uh, back in the backstage, Danhausen had crushed all of his chips. And he said, you wanted my attention? You got it now. So uh, I thought this was not Hook's best squash match. But uh, like it really didn't keep me entertained for the most of it, which is kind of weird because it's Hook. Uh, and he's kind of just a spectacle in himself right now, somehow, some way. But yeah, no, this was not my favorite one from Hook. But I, I definitely enjoyed it nonetheless still. And they're not all going to hit every single time. So uh, we had the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Qualifier. Britt Baker versus Danielle Camella. Uh, this was what it was. And I really thought Dan- uh, excuse me, I really thought Danielle Camella actually made a good showing of herself. I, I think the promo afterwards was not Britt Baker's best. And the only thing I'm going to say about this is don't point out the fact that the... Um, don't... The dig to the to Tony Storm about the cake to the face was funny, but uh, don't point out the fact that there is a terrible women's division when there's a terrible women's division. I can do that in front of this microphone here, but you're a part of that women's division, uh, so I, I think that didn't really work. But and let's talk about the main event as we're just I guess going down the card here on Dynamite. It was the coffin match: Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo. I really thought, you guys, this was going to be like a simple, not simple, because it was a coffin match with Darby Allen. And you know what? No match with Darby Allen is simple. But I thought this was going to be a more laid-back uh, version of a coffin match with that was really going to be the end-all, be, end be-all of this feud between Andrade and, uh, and I like, I thought, excuse me, between Andrade and Darby Allen, I, I thought Sting was basically going to come out and just chase the rest of the guys off. No, this was like another giant street fight. It might as well have been another like six-man tag. Sting with the mask was awesome. Popped me huge. I came here to see Darby Allen sign. I thought that was really great. And then, yeah, Sting beating the crap out of everyone, doing another wild jump off the ledge bump. Like, this man is out of control. Uh, fun fact today, guys, my mom turned 60. She is not jumping off of raptors into a bunch of men catching her. So, Sting, power to you. Uh, yeah, I thought that, um, it was, this match was just fun, is what it was, it was fun, there's not a lot to analyze here, I thought the thumbtacks underneath the coffin lid was a really smart spot, like, why wouldn't you do something like that if you're Darby Allen? that makes perfect sense, in order to fight out, you're gonna have to, like, push on a bunch of thumbtacks, and Darby Allen doesn't care about thumbtacks, clearly, um, I'm thinking back to the body bag full of thumbtacks, oh my god, that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen, I think it was Brian Cage, Uh, who threw him. Oh, my God. But, yeah, this was fun, and it was a brawl, and it was exactly what it was. There were some great spots in it, and then the finish of the match, obviously, with that awesome suicide dive and then slamming uh, Andrade into the coffin. Poor Jose. Poor Jose with the uh, thumbtacks. He takes his shirt off and just gets nailed onto all the thumbtacks. So, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, not much to analyze here. This was just another fun big brawl, and honestly, these always hit. So, I can't really complain. Uh, moving on over to Rampage, we talked about the opening match. However, I don't really have much to say about Lance Archer versus Serpentico. They're trying to do the same thing they always do with Lance Archer, and it never works for me, guys. Uh, he's just not, he's not a threat to me. Um, I know who's winning next week, and if Lance Archer beats Wardlow, I'd be blown away. If Lance Archer beats Wardlow, I will quit doing this podcast. Um, it just... It's It makes sense to see somebody of the size of Lance Archer just kicking absolute butt, but it doesn't really feel like there was any real reason that this had to be here, or I, I don't know. It felt like it wasn't really even announced from what I remember. 
uh, it's good to have a squash match. But uh, for people, especially someone like a Wardlow, whoever else, Hook, whatever. But, like, when you've been beaten down as much as Lance Archer has, reputation-wise, it doesn't really work. So, all right. Let's talk about the main event of Rampage. Uh, or excuse me, I don't want to go. Actually, I want to talk about that last. I want to talk about Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia first, which was, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. I, I don't think it was. I actually think I preferred their first match more. Though I did really like the aftermatch. Obviously, Eddie Kingston getting the win. I think Taz had a great line on commentary for uh, for a sports entertainer. Excuse me, for a sports entertainer. It might have been Tony Schiavone. Uh, Daniel Garcia sure is a great wrestler, and I, I couldn't agree more with that, obviously. Uh, Daniel Garcia is always fun to watch, but this didn't, there was not much that made, like, stood, this, I did, nothing out of this match really stood out to me, and there's not much to talk about, but it was good, I enjoyed watching it, I have nothing to complain about, I just, um, I think seeing, uh, Garcia, though, in the outfits has probably been one of my favorite things. Uh, with the bucket hat outfit from beforehand and then coming out with that stupid little hat. But, um, yeah, I mean, Garcia de- definitely didn't wrestle his typical match in here as a technician. He was doing a little bit more of just brawling with Eddie Kingston, and it was it was cool. There was an awesome chop in the match. I'll say that. There was a really good chop from him where Eddie Kingston went down, and I thought, oh, my God, that must hurt. But All right, speaking of brawling, Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir. This was scrappy, you guys, and I'm surprised how much time they got. What do you know? AEW giving a little time to the women's division. Look at us go, guys. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was. Um, I thought I was. I was a little worried because I thought this is a lot of time for two women who are probably a little bit greener than they need to be. However, they really showed up and showed out. I don't think this was a five star match by any means. However, uh, I thought. The story of the match was really good with Jade Cargill, obviously, the story being the entire thing leading up to it, where um, Jade Cargill obviously uh, was overconfident with Marina Shafir, and then there was a really awesome spot where Jade Cargill went to go pin her with her foot, and Marina Shafir took her down into, like, a knee bar, and then she was like, solve me, solve me, and I thought, I was like, yes, yes, do that, that's great, this is wonderful. Uh, and then she's getting kicked in the face. There was a really good spot on the outside with the pump kick that always looks awesome. Jade Cargill looks like she just punts people into the next universe. And then there was the spot on the table. Poor Marina Shafir looked like she got a freaking concussion from that. I I wouldn't be surprised if she came out of that with a concussion because that looked brutal. The table did not break like it was supposed to. I I don't think she got slammed where she was supposed to. However, for two green women, I thought this was scrappy. It was fun. It was uh, hard-hitting, and I would watch this again. So overall success for me, guys. Dynamite and, and Rampage overall for the week was just another... I would say really, really good. Nothing like super, super stand out to me. We had Sammy Guevara turning heel. I did forget to mention that. Thank God. However, I why is he turning heel with Dan Lambert as the baby face? I making comments and whatever else. It just doesn't make sense to me. Huh, nonetheless, guys, I'm not going to end on a bad note. We're going to end on a happy note, which is thank you for listening as always. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.
And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.